Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You know I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Today on the show, I've got David Ocker, hailed as the father of modern branding. He serves as the vice chair at Profit a global marketing and branding consultancy. He's a recognized authority on branding, has developed several recognizable concepts, including the Ocker brand vision model, and has received numerous awards for his contributions to science of marketing. In 2015, he was inducted into the American Marketing Association Hall of Fame for his lifetime achievements in marketing. David's authored and published hundreds of articles and 16 books, including Ocker on Branding, 20 Principles That Drive Success, brand relevance, spanning silos, brand portfolio strategy, among others. His books have been translated into 18 languages and sold over 1 million copies. Today on the show, we talk about his latest book, Creating Signature Stories, Strategic Messaging That Persuades, Energizes, and Inspires. This is a must-listen episode for anybody interested in the concept of storytelling and how those stories can build strong brand. You'll hear numerous examples and also a little backstory on how David became interested in branding in the first place. I hope you enjoy the show. David, welcome to the show. Yeah, glad to be here. Well, it's an honor to have you on the show. Um, I thought maybe we could start by you telling us when you first became interested in marketing. 
Well, I, I think the first thing that I can remember is a, an advertising case course at MIT Sloan School of Management. And I was just fascinated by the issues. How do you get communication objectives? How do you persuade? And, uh, and that really got me into marketing. That's great. That's great. So you, I believe you've published around 16 books now. I may have that a little off. I'm not sure. And the, the latest is creating signature stories, strategic messaging that persuades, energizes, and inspires. And I, I think you've dedicated in part or, or talked about the fact that your daughter played a critical role. Um, you know, Jennifer Ocker, who's a professor in her own right at Stanford Graduate School and, and turning you on to this research area. Um, what could what can you tell us about the research? And then we'll get into the book. Yeah, uh, Jennifer is a, a experimental psychologist at the business school at Stanford. And she's been teaching stories for some years and done uh, research in related areas. And so she got me into the research and two things emerged. First, there's really a gap in the story research and psychology and marketing in, in, in defining what a story is not. And so I kept pressing her for, for literally two years. What is not a story? Because if, if, if everything is a story, it doesn't have any meaning. And finally, we got a breakthrough. Story is not facts, at least the way we use stories here. It's a once upon a time narrative about an experience or something. It is not a set of facts. And see, the problem is when people say, give me your brand story, they'll recite uh, uh, five facts. And and, and anyway, and second, once you define a story, as we have, uh, stories are so much better at changing perceptions, at changing attitudes, at stimulating social uh, behavior, and, and, and even in gaining attention than are facts. And I'm not talking about 20%. I'm talking about 200%, 400%. And this is documented by, by hundreds of, of stories. Can I give you an example? Yeah, but yeah I'd love yeah. to see an example. There's a guy named Zhang Rumian that became the head of, uh, uh, of an appliance company in China, now called Hair, in, back in 84. And uh, he had a, when he first took over, a customer came in with a defective refrigerator, and he went to the warehouse and found there were 72 more defective refrigerators. He brought them all into the uh, production floor and had his employees destroy them with sledgehammers. <laughs> now, now, you could give facts about how Hire has created a quality culture and has quality programs and so on. People wouldn't be interested, but... If you tell them about the sledgehammer story, they understand. Yeah, no, it, it immediately hits you. How, 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 if you go a little deeper, how do they actually persuade? Why is there something about us as humans that, that make us react that way? Well, let me tell you another story. Yeah. Barclays uh, was the least trusted uh, brand in the least trusted industry in 2012 in, in the UK. And uh, what they did is they developed a whole a new purpose, namely helping people achieve ambitions in the right way. And they in, in, uh, liberated employees to develop their own programs around that purpose. And then they, they, they got some of these programs and they told stories about their impact. One of them was uh, a program that a group of employees were called the Digital Eagles, who were um, aimed to help people thrive in the digital era. 
And one of their help uh, helpees was Steve Rich, who was a, a soccer devotee, but in a car accident, he couldn't play anymore, but he could play walking soccer. And that's where you have six people on the side and you play soccer, but you walk. And uh, Digital Eagles helped him develop a website to raise raise awareness in the country about this, connected some 400 teams, connected players to teams, uh, developed a national tournament. And and when this story and others were told, the trust for Barclays went up 35 to 45 percent. And previous campaigns involving facts did nothing. and, and you stop and think, uh, what's going to attract attention? Talking about your, quote, trust program or telling the story of Steve Rich? Uh, what's, and, and when you tell a story, you don't have counter-arguing. Right. I mean, it's a story. You, you, you don't say, yeah, is that really true? They're just trying to – they're just self-centered. And, and, and people themselves deduce the logic. They say maybe subconsciously, you know, any company that would help Steve Rich – can't be all bad. Uh, so anyway, uh, that's how stories persuade. They, they inhibit counter-arguing, they attract attention, and they allow people to deduce their own conclusion. I love those stories. Uh, so you're, the core focus of the book is on what you call signature stories. Can you define um, or explain you know, how a signature story may be different from just a story in general? Yeah, uh, it, it's in two ways. Uh, one, it... It uh, involves a strategic message. That means something about the organizational values, the culture, the uh, customer value proposition, the business strategy, something strategic, something that is not tactical, not some short-term communication. And the second thing is that it's just not a, a story. I got up in the morning, brushed my teeth. It is something that's authentic, something that's intriguing, and something that's involving. So, you know, a, a classic example would be the, the 1912 story of how L.L. Bean decided after duck hunting that he didn't like wet feet anymore and he designed a boot that had leather on the bo- uh, top and rubber on the bottom and, and uh, he started making them. Mm. And the first batch leaked and, he, and even though he had no <laughs> money, he took them all back and he, he redid it. And in that story, even today, over a century later, sort of reflects the uh, the thirst at L.L. Bean for innovation, for uh, the passion about the outdoors, and uh, for the concern for the customer. And again, it does it far better than any set of facts could. Yeah, let's no agree. I feel like there could be some confusion between a signature story and what might otherwise be called a brand's purpose. Um, could you well, help clarify those two concepts? Yeah. Well, uh, a brand purpose or, say, a brand story is is a set of facts. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a signature story is a narrative. And furthermore, uh, it's a narrative that involves a, can involve a lot of strategic messaging like organizational culture, value proposition, business strategy, in addition to brand purpose or brand vision. Okay, that's helpful. That's helpful. So, how do how do these stories benefit organizations? I mean, you talked about it, the it resonates with consumers or customers, but I'm I'm sure it must drive employee engagement as well. What are what are other ways? It does. In fact, uh, yeah, employees are looking for meaning in their work, and they're looking to uh, be associated with an organization that they respect and admire. 
so it's really important for organizations to provide some kind of higher purpose and to communicate that higher purpose, stories are a lot better than just assertions. And that applies to uh, consumers as well. But I think that a major benefit of stories, it, it really creates uh, energy and visibility and, and uh, change uh, perceptions for a brand. Uh, let me just give you one more example. Uh, yeah. uh, Unilever's Lifeboy has a program called Help a Child Reach Five that started in India. And um, it's all about uh, trying to get a billion people to wash their hands differently, more effectively, because that can really save a lot of lives of these kids. And um, they actually uh, did took uh, their program experience in three small towns in India and did a video around each. One of them showed a woman, Otari, that's, that's uh, nurturing a tree that was planted uh, in, in celebration of the birth of her child. And we see that child now getting to its fifth birthday and that the happiness that surrounds that. Well, these three videos got 44 million views. I mean, this is bar soap. Right. They got 44 million views. Just think of the visibility, the energy, and the goodwill that's associated with the Lifeboy brand in these areas from this uh from these stories, I, again, you tell facts about bar soap. I don't care how much money you spend; you're not going to get much of that. Right. Well, you definitely got my attention. I mean, on that stat alone, and the fact that it is bar soap—nothing against bar soap—but it's probably the most commoditized thing out there. Yeah, exactly. So, how how should marketers look for or develop their signature stories? Well, there, there's no checklist of, of 20 things that the more checks you have, the better the story, because it, it's the total story impression and its, uh, and its presentation that matter. So it, it's, uh, it's sort of not the sum of its parts. Hmm. But, but having said that, uh, we, the, the main characteristics are these three. The first one is intriguing. You know, let's uh, listen. It was a drab and rainy day in mid May 1931, when the 28-year-old Neil McElroy, the advertising manager of P&G's Came Soap, sat down in his royal typewriter and wrote perhaps the most significant memo in modern marketing history. I mean, doesn't that perk up your ears? Don't you want to know <laughs> what's going to happen next and so on? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, um, so intriguing. And it should be authentic. There's a uh, story that Skype tells about two women uh, that was two girls that were born without left arms, one in New Zealand and one in Indiana. And Skype got them together every day to to chat and compare notes. And they eventually came together in New York. They were on Ellen and so on. Um, It's authentic. I mean, Sarah and Paige are real. And it's involving. uh, Nor, which means flavor, that's their thing. They asked people to go on a foodie date with those who had similar favor per flavor personality. They liked the same food, and they had to feed each other. And so you saw six of these couples do that on stage, and it was very awkward, a lot of tension, but a lot of emotion. There was even some uh, kissing afterwards. It was uh, it was really involving. You're drawn in. 
so anyway, we, we, we look for those three characteristics off the top, intriguing, authentic, and involving. I love it. love it. So one of the things as, as reading your um, pre-release manuscript, and thank you for sending that along, but one of the things that I was reading that seemed counterintuitive at first was the thought that you would have many signature stories for a brand, not just one. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Can you... You know, say, tell us a little bit more about why that's true and, and why multiple stories are, are ultimately needed for a brand. Yeah. Well, f- for one thing, they add freshness and maintain the interest. You know, take Blendtec. Will it blend? Uh, they, <laughs> they put in iPods, golf balls, marbles, and they, would, they asked, will it blend? And, of course, it was tongue-in-cheek and very humorous. Incidentally, this got uh, probably more impressions than any other uh, – ad ever created 300 million saw these things right. and it cost them nothing but but you know if they just did the ipod one and then stopped there there sort of would be no reason to watch it again but they then they have golf balls and they have marbles so they everyone added some new uh suit new freshness and it also can add depth and texture so skype Mm. wanted to tell its story so in addition to the page and uh, sarah story they had one with an orchestra leader connected to 12 street musicians through skype they had a pilates training person connected to his remote clients and so the combination of all these stories start to really add depth and texture if they just had one of the stories, they wouldn't kind of make their point that that Skype can be used creatively to uh, foster relationships. But I do love those Blintech videos, personally, I have to admit. Um, <laughs> but as you think about an organization, you know, creating these stories probably is not always fostered in every environment, um, especially maybe overly corporate ones. Um, so, if you're thinking about organizations and creating an environment where you can foster story development and capture them, um, are there any, you know, any suggestions or any thoughts on how organizations can do that? Yeah, and, and that's kind of the reason for my a book in part because uh, I, the the big challenge is to get to people to recognize the power of stories. I mean, really recognize it. I mean, most people will not challenge the assertion that challenge, that stories are more powerful, but they, they really have to believe it enough to commit to it. And then they have to develop a program to either find or to create 
stories. And, and that's not so easy. And third, they have to find a, a, a way to manage those stories. What we find too frequently is that organizations that do get story religion, they hire copy editors, they, they uh, uh, hire reporters to develop stories, but then they have too many stories. I mean, right. uh, my company, Profit, has, has 100 client stories. So then you have to find a way to manage story overload. Um, and you do that by having some lead stories. You do that by having a story bank. Uh, so you have the right story for the right context and, and so forth. Well, I, I love this notion of story. And as I think about the evolution of marketing and kind of where we are today with a lot of digital aspects that at sometimes not all digital, but sometimes it makes it feel a little robotic. Um, I, I embrace the, your, uh, your, your push here on signature stories. So yeah, you know, I, I always say to uh, my friends that are obsessed with digital that really digital means content. Right. Content ultimately means stories. Uh, I like that. I like that. It's very smart. Well, so uh, one of the things we love to do when I do an interview with someone is kind of get to know the person behind the thoughts in that effort. I would love to know if there was an experience in your past um, that you think defines who you uh, who you are today? Well, I, I have an interest in actually a whole chapter on how do you uh, apply s this uh, signature stories to yourself, mm. to your professional career, and to your uh, personal uh, life. So let me tell you one, uh, a signature story of my own. It has to do with how I got into branding. So uh, almost 25 years ago now, I was in business strategy. I had a book on business strategy, and I was teaching business strategy. And I became convinced there's too much emphasis on short-term financials. And instead, people needed to build assets. So I thought, I, I, I need to be involved. What assets should I uh, think about being involved with? And three things led me to branding. One, the concept of brand equity was just appearing. It wasn't defined. I, I tried to do that in my first book. But, uh, but people were realizing you, you needed to grow and you could only do so much cost content and short-term promotions. Second, I had uh, written a book on advertising and, and well, another one on market research and, and another one on business strategy. And so I had a lot of concepts and tools already to uh, get started. So I wasn't starting from, from nothing. And third, I did a study that was really influential to me. I asked 250 executives, what is their sustainable competitive advantage? And number one was quality reputation. Uh, number three was name recognition. And number 10 was the customer base. So they were all properties of a, of a brand. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I really uh, decided that, uh, that my my uh, purpose in life was to try to help people understand and build strong brands. Love it. So what, what fuels you? What keeps you going every day? Well, that's really has been a motivation for me for, for 25 years. And virtually all my professional effort has been directly or indirectly aimed toward that objective. All my blogs, my articles, my books, my uh, consulting – and I joined Profit to further that that goal. So anyway, that's kind of my higher purpose. And on one hand, it's a, a little presumptuous and naive, but nevertheless, it's what 
what really drives me. Right. Well, you know, stepping back, and, and I, this is always a tricky question for consultants, um, but, you know, because you have clients, but are there brands or companies or causes that you follow or you think others should be taking notice of? Yeah, uh, there's yeah, there's a lot of them. And, of course, I use a lot of stories in in my book to, books to illustrate, and uh, so I have a ton of, of case studies. But uh, two people that I really am, uh, that are real heroes to me, first of all, Paul Pullman at Unilever, who has developed for Unilever the Sustainable Living Plant about five years ago. He's got, you know, it, it's got three uh, major sort of components, and with them it's got five or six subcomponents. And for each of them, he's got uh, objectives and programs. It's quite amazing. And then if you look at his individual brands, you know, Dove has this real beauty for women, self-esteem for girls. Uh, they've done major things with that. I've already mentioned Lifebuoy, Help a Child Reach Five. Right. And, he, and, and if you look at the reason, you look at what he says, why he's doing that. And he just says it's the right thing to do. I mean, <laughs> it, it's, it's not, not only... Because it gives you ancillary benefits, but it's the right thing to do. And and there's problems, and and we can help. And why wouldn't we? The other guy that I, I admire a lot, and I don't I don't know either of these uh, people. I'd love to meet them, but that's Mark Benioff, and he started Salesforce.com about 15 or so years ago with a uh, a mission that he was going to have a company that was going to deal with social issues, and he has this. One 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 plan. He gives one percent of the company, one percent of the people's time, and one percent of the services to some social cause. And he has liberated his company and his resources to do all sorts of good. And and he's he's recruited seventy other companies to mimic him. Wow. The the impact he's made, and both of these two guys have made, are, are just amazing. I think that that we're really. Uh, um, engaged in a fight for the soul of capitalism. Mm. And it's people like Pullman and Benioff that are leading the charge. And, you know, the struggle is by no means won. I mean, the, the uh, short-term financials and, and uh, the, the people that raid companies and leverage them up and then walk away are, are still around. Right, right. Well, and I know Unilever is still fighting that fight. I think every day. With, uh, Absolutely, sh- yeah. Shareholder. There was there there was an effort to buy them by 3G, right? Which was frightening. It is. It is. Um, and I thing that puzzles me today is the relationship between 3G and um, uh, Berkshire and uh, or yes. Buffett and, and yes. Buffett. His historical view is the long view. Yes, exactly. It, and it and three, if you if, if you go and read Three G's mission and and uh, beliefs, I mean it's so transactional. Yeah. I mean it's uh, they just want a quick quick buck. Right, right. It's it's interesting. It's something to watch for sure. So, last question for you. Um, you know, and this is always a. I don't know if I should ask it or if I if I even enjoy the asking it anymore, <laughs> because everyone has a crystal ball. But uh, I would love to know what you think the future of marketing is going to look like. Well, I think that, as I just said, I think we're fighting for the soul of capitalism, and and I'm really encouraged about the 
the fact that the, the concept of a higher purpose, especially a social or environmental higher purpose, is getting incredible traction. And it's it's really hard to find firms that don't don't at least give lip service to that. But most of those firms do have programs, and they really um, mean it, and they're really doing amazing things. It's it's it, you know if you look at what our government is doing, and then you compare that with to the industry leaders are doing, it's 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 really kind of. Uh, kind of reassuring it gives you hope it gives you light at the end of the tunnel so i i think that you know and and so i'm really been interested in in the concept of higher purpose and and this fight for the soul of capitalism and i think that we all have to get involved and i i've, I've said i said in a blog somewhere that you know who who is in charge of this it's not just pullman and benioff it's not just these enlightened CEOs. It's got to be everybody. It's got to be employees that insist on working for companies like that. It's got to be customers that insist on buying from companies like that. It's got to be investors that insist on investing like companies like that. It's got to be the media that uh, that publicizes what they do. It's it's got it's going to take a whole village. Right. No wise advice. Wise advice. And I I, I hope for the same future. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Marketing Today is brought to you by Atomic. Atomic focuses on unleashing the growth potential for clients we serve. Atomic is a strategic consultancy specializing in business, marketing, brand, and innovation. Our singular goal is to help you accelerate your efforts with the right mix of expertise, analysis, and creativity. Check us out at atomic.com. A-T-O-M-C-K dot com. Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me with project management by Sarah Williams, audio production by Aaron Campbell, writing and editing by Kevin Greeley, social media support by Megan Woods, art and graphic design by Sarah Dell. If you're new to Marketing Today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends and colleagues about the show. We love to hear from listeners at info at atomic, A-T-O-M-C-K dot com. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Marketing Today.